0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, August 16th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, obviously, I usually do a show later in the week on like Thursday or Friday, but I actually was on like a vacation this week. I went to Quebec for a few days, really nice trip. Nice to get away for a few days, but had to watch the card last night, obviously. My last day of vacation sat in the hotel room watched the card. and It turned out to be a great card. As we all know, UFC 252. A lot of people were talking about it, uh, hyping it up as one of the biggest cards of the year. I think it turned out to be a pretty damn good card. I mean, a lot of upsets and obviously a main event that everyone was talking about. So in today's episode of the podcast, I'll be recapping all 11 fights on the card, taking a look at what could be ahead for the fighters from the card. And then I'll be looking at some news and fight announcements uh, that were recently revealed by the UFC and other sources. Okay, so... Let's start with the UFC 252 and we'll start the main event and work our way down. So in the main event, of the evening, and I should mention actually, uh, as far as picks go, I did okay. I went eight and three. I'll take that. I mean, that was a good night for me. So I'll take that. And the main event of the evening, I finally got this fight right for the first time. The other two fights, I got them wrong. Got this one right. I picked Stipe to win. One decision, I'm a little surprised the fight went five rounds. I got to be honest, guys, in that little cage, I was shocked it went the full 25 minutes. But... At the end of the day, TJ Miosic retains the UFC heavyweight championship with a really uh solid performance I think in a title defense here against Daniel Cormier. The judges scored the fight 49-46, 49-46, 48-47 for the champion TJ Miosic. And uh in my opinion, I thought he won four rounds. I thought you could give Cormier the first round. Some people were giving him the fourth round. I mean, I didn't see it that way, but I guess you could have seen it that way possibly. A lot of people had it tied up going in the fifth round, but I personally gave DC the first round, the other four I gave to Stipe. I thought he pretty much controlled the whole fight. The end of the first round was the only time where he was really in, in a lot of trouble, I think, from DC, where he hurt him at the end of the first round. Other than that, Stipe, I think, was in control of this fight. His striking looked really good, um, his takedown defense, obviously, was on point in this fight. Great cardio, He showed up in good shape, sort of DC. Both guys, you gotta give him credit here, man, heavyweights going full 25 and still really throwing it hard in the last round, I mean, it was impressive to watch. It didn't win fight of the night, but I think it could have won fight of the night. It seems like Dana White's kind of going to the fans now for their picks for fight of the night, and and the fight of the night was actually a really big surprise. We'll talk about that later, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good fight. I think a lot of people are a little disappointed that there was no stoppage in this fight, but you know what? For me, it's like 25 minutes of high level MMA. I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. So stipe wins the fight. I again thought he pretty much dominated the fight, except for maybe the first round. And again, some people gave him the fourth. I saw a few scorecards with DC. I don't know how you score for DC. You have to be friends with Daniel Cormier to score this fight for him. He didn't win this fight. Stipe Miosic won the fight. It was definitely a competitive fight, but Stipe A won. Huge win for him. Now the question is what's next, right? It's crazy. We always look ahead at what's next. Like 5 minutes after the fight's done, we're already thinking about it. not even 5 minutes. Like as soon as the fight's done and it seems like there's two options right now for Stipe Mioc. Actually, there could be three options. Number 1, he could just, you know what, say, "Hey, I'm going to turn 38 next week. I've had a great career and I'm going to walk away from it. He could do that. I don't think he will. I think he'll fight again, but he could. The other two options are way more interesting. The first one obviously is Francis Ngannou. Dana White said at the press conference after the fight, this is the fight the UFC plans on making. They plan on booking the rematch between Miocic and Ngannou. We saw this fight two and a half years ago or so, uh, January, 2018, I believe. And Stipe won a decision dominant fashion, just pretty much controlled Francis with the wrestling two years later. Francis is a different fighter now I want to see how his wrestling stacks up now and I want to see if Steve Bay take his punches this time around so to me it's a very intriguing fight it does seem like the UFC wants to do this fight but there's another option that I kind of find more intriguing guys and don't get me wrong I love Francis he deserves a title shot no doubt about it it would suck if he doesn't get a title shot the guy has earned it he's won like what his last four fights by knockout he's been incredible but when John Jones went and tweeted I want to fight Stipe and prove that I'm the greatest fighter of all time. Basically. That's what he said. It got me thinking, man, maybe this is the fight to make. I mean, John Jones, obviously has been teasing a move to heavyweight for, for years now, fans have been talking about it. Media has been talking about it. Never happened. And of course he's kind of been holding out since the, the Gano fight, the talks for that fight went, uh, to a standstill with UFC. They weren't going to pay him what he wanted. He didn't agree to their terms The fight didn't happen right now. He's been sitting on the sidelines since February. But I gotta be honest, guys, this is a really intriguing fight. And I think a lot of us have wanted to see Steve Bay versus John Jones for a long time. This might be the only time to do the fight. John Jones seems to be interested in it. Of course, he seemed interested in Nogano and that didn't happen, but he seems interested in this fight. It does seem like the UFC wants to be Nagano. So if I'm a betting man, that is gonna be the fight that's next. Francis and gone versus Stepe too. But I am really intrigued by this John Jones fight, man. I know Steve is a little bit older now. He'll be 38, like I said, next week. And John Jones is, he's not, I wouldn't say he's in his prime anymore. I think he's a little bit exiting his prime at this point, but still would be a great fight. We've wanted to see John Jones fight at heavyweight for years. This would be the guy to fight. If he goes out there and beats Stevie Meosich, I mean, that would prove that he's the greatest ever. I mean, I think he already is, John Jones, but this would prove it beyond a doubt. So I can see why he wants that fight. We'll see if the UFC wants to do it. I mean, I, I feel like there's going to be some consideration for this matchup. John Jones really wants it, but, you know, it seems like Nagano is going to be the guy that's uh, Dana White and Co are going to give him the title shot to you. And again, I can't blame him for that decision. Nagano deserves the title shot, no doubt about it. I just feel like this could be the opportunity where you have to strike while the iron's hot and get John Jones the title fight against Stephen Osage. Either of those two fights are great. I'm excited for both of them. As far as Daniel Cormier goes, it's tricky, right? Because he said after the fight, you know, I don't want to fight unless it's for a championship. And I doubt he'll get a fourth fight with Stephen Osage. I don't think the UFC is going to run that back. Again, it was a close fight, but I thought that it was pretty clear that Miocic won close, but clear. So I don't think they're going to do a fourth fight. Does he go back to 205? I don't know. I mean, you could do that John Jones fight. You could do it a heavyweight, too. You could do Nagano versus Daniel Cormier. That'd be a fun fight, too. I just don't know what's next for for, uh, Daniel Cormier. I feel like he probably will take some time off. But MMA retirements never last, guys. Like, very rarely do guys retire and then not come back. They always come back. There's a few exceptions to this role. Obviously, Chris Lytle is a guy that he didn't come back to MMA. He actually did compete in bare knuckle, though, so he did come back to combat sports. GSP, retired for four years, came back, fought Michael Bisping. Dale Cormier, he is 41 years old. He's a little bit older, obviously, but I could see him being a guy that, you know, leaves for a few years and comes back and fights again. Or he might want to fight again soon. I don't think it's the end of his career. I think he'll fight again. I don't know who it's going to be against, but I do think we'll see DC step into the cage another time. Anyways, getting to the co-main event here, Marlon Vera defeats Sean O'Malley via first round TKO. I definitely thought it's going to be a competitive fight. Um, I did pick O'Malley here, but Vera, I knew he was going to be a live dog here. He's a great fighter. We all know that he was on a nice win streak. Obviously the dog fight should have been a win for him. I think a lot of us thought so he should be on a seven fight win streak right now, but Banaway, he's on a six fight win streak because that was a featherweight fight after this performance. The question mark about this fight obviously is the finish because what led to the finish was an injury. Sean O'Malley got hurt in this fight. He hurt his ankle or something. I don't know what's going on with Sean. I hope he's okay. I don't know if it was a training injury or if it was something that happened in the fight. There's been some videos posted. Some people are saying this is where Vera hurt him in the fight. Regardless, Vera did what he needed to do. He got the fight to the ground after O'Malley fell down and just smashed him with elbows and finished the fight. So you gotta give credit to Marlon Vera here. I do think this is the fight you could run back in the future, but not right now. I think Sean's going to be out for a little while with this injury. As far as Marlon goes, this is a massive win for him, man. This puts him in the top 10 or close to it, I think. Um, definitely, uh, he's right up there at this point. Uh, of course, there are some question marks about this victory. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's proven in his last six fights that he is a stud. He's really good, man. And he finishes all his fights, too. So he's a really fun fighter to watch. I'm excited to see what's next for Marlon Vera. You know, just looking at the rankings at 135, Take a look at them and right now Marlin's ranked number, actually, he's not ranked because Sean Sean O'Malley's ranked at 14, so he'll take his spot. So you look at the rankings and guys like Cody Stamen at number nine, that would make sense. Raphael Suncel, Jimmy Rivera, guys like that. I think he could take on those guys um, because I think he deserves a top 10 guy after this fight. Rob Font's another guy, number 10. So I think any of those guys make sense. Um, for his next opponent, as far as Sean O'Malley goes, again, he'll be out for a little while, but this is not the end for Sean O'Malley. He'll be back, he's very young, I think he's still 25. It's unfortunate he's had these injuries, though, um for sure. But he'll be back, he'll be back. I- I'm not ready to write off Sean O'Malley just yet. I don't think he's another Sage Northcut, like some people are saying. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he is a highly skilled fighter. He lost his fight, it happens, but I think he'll be back. But definitely, Marlon vera man, you got to give up to this guy. Another win as an underdog and another win by stoppage for Marlon Vera. Next up Yarzino Rosenstruck defeats Junior De Santos via knockout in the second round. I did think he'd win this fight. Uh, it was pretty competitive in the first round, but the second round, he really started to take it to JDS and JDS at this point, man, his chin is, is pretty compromised. At this point, 36 years old. Now, it's been knocked out three straight fights. He has been knocked out by elite guys on Rosenstruck, blades and the gun, these are the best of the best. So you gotta keep that in mind. And he did knock out Derrick Lewis just last year. People were forgetting about that. Everyone's talking about Derrick Lewis now, hyping him up. Derrick Lewis is a good fighter. JDS knocked him out last year. So I'm not ready to write off JDS just yet, but the problem is the way he's losing. If he's been losing like close decisions, it's one thing, he's getting knocked out in brutal fashion. I'm not sure his chin's able to handle punishment from these guys at the high level anymore. Guys like Yarzino Rosenstruck that hit really hard. So it makes me wonder what's next for JDS. Dana White said he's going to have a conversation with him. I don't think JDS will retire. I think he'll fight again. Looking at the rankings, JDS is ranked number five. He'll move down, obviously, after this fight. But there's other matchups for him. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch with Overeem at some point. Volkov's an interesting fight. Um, you know, guys like Walt Harris could be good fights. For Priest over Doomer rematch, that'd be fun, too. So I think there's some fights for him. I don't see him retiring. I think he'll fight again. If he does get knocked out in his next fight, though, that would be a problem. As for Rosenstruck, there's a few options for him. Derek Lewis is right there. Curtis Blaze is another guy. And the other guy would be Alistair Overham in a rematch. I think all three of those guys could make sense for Yarzino Rosenstruck. I think I'd lean towards the Overing rematch, to be honest with you. I think I'd like to do Lewis first Blades if I was the matchmakers. And then I'd like to see Rosenstruck first Overham, too, because the first fight, he was losing that whole fight, guys. Like he was losing, uh, he was gone his way to losing a down decision and caught him with four seconds left in the fifth round. I mean, no one saw that coming. It was an impressive knockout. I'd like to see them run it back because I think Room could win the fight again. And if he doesn't, it just proves that Rosenstruck is the better fighter. So I wouldn't mind them running that fight back. I know it just happened last year, but I think it does kind of make sense considering Old rooms also coming off a win, although he is fighting Augusto Sakai uh, in September. So he's got to win that fight. And if he does win that, I think they could do this matchup with uh, Rosenstruck a second time. Next up we had a big upset here is Daniel Pineda defeated Herbert Burns via second round TKO. And I even said in the podcast on Tuesday, guys, I said Panada's got a really good chance to win this fight. I kind of wish I picked him. It is what it is. Once Burns showed up to the scale four and a half pounds heavy, he made you wonder like what happened. I'm not sure if it was an injury or he just didn't train hard. He didn't take this guy seriously. It was a short notice fight. You gotta keep that in mind too. But he didn't look like Herbert Burns, like the guys we've seen in the last few fights. He didn't look good at all. But you can't take anything away from Daniel Panada because he looked incredible in this fight. He dominated from pretty much after that first round. I mean uh you know burns did have a few spots where he had the back and he did have uh pineda in some sort of trouble a, a few times in the fight but for the most part this was daniel pineda's fight man and he had that really dominant wrestling in the second round especially his cardio looked really strong that crucifix position where he started smashing those elbows into the face of her burns was just nasty nasty finish if you Don't include those two fights in PFL where he lost. He's on a five-fight win streak. If you include them, he's on a seven-fight unbeaten streak with all his wins by stoppage. So obviously there's question marks about those wins because he got caught for a banned substance after. It's a little surprising he's even fighting this soon afterwards in the UFC, but I'm glad he's back, man. I mean, this guy is actually a fun fighter to watch. First time around the UFC, he had a three and four record and got cut. I think they could have kept him around a little bit longer, but you know, he's actually improved I think since then. Um, He's a little bit older at 35, Daniel Pineda, but this showed that this guy has definitely a few years left, I think, at the top of this game. He looked great in this fight, guys. Seriously, huge win for him. Big underdog. Big upset here against Herbert Burns. And as for Herbert, I mean, this was terrible. Just a terrible performance. And just a bad showing. He'll be back, but he's not Gilbert Burns. You know, he's not his brother. He's not as good as his brother. Just, it is what it is. He's a decent fighter. He's not as good as Gilbert Burns. I think we all knew that already, but this really reaffirmed it. Finally, opening up the main card, Wallace Feely defeats John Dodson, via unanimous decision, 30.7 across the board. Uh pretty boring fight, to be honest with you guys, uh, opening up the main card here. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more of an exciting fight. Um, Morab, he's a beast. We all know that. I think he should be seven and in the UFC. The Simone fight really controversial ending of that fight. And then Sainz, I think a lot of us thought he won that fight. So to me, this is a guy who should be on a seven fight win streak in the UFC. As it stands, five straight wins. He's impressive. He's ranked number 15 right now. He probably will jump up a few spots after this performance because John Dodson was ranked at number 12. So I'm assuming Murad will take his spot at number 12. The problem with Murad is he's not the most exciting guy to watch and he doesn't finish fights. So to me, his ceiling's a little bit capped in this division. I love this guy, man. Don't get me wrong. His wrestling is incredible. It's dominant. He is a beast. His cardio is incredible. I think his striking is actually getting better too, but he's not finishing anyone. This was a tricky matchup though. I'll give him that. John Dodson is just kind of a weird guy to fight and John Dodson, man, what's with this guy? I mean, he's so inconsistent. At times he looks amazing. Like the Nathaniel Wood fight gets that knockout. He even beat Pedro Munoz a couple years ago, but man, he's very inconsistent. And um, the biggest problem with John Dodson, a lot of these fights, he just doesn't throw any volume. He just kind of stands there, gets punched, doesn't punch back. He just waits for that big shot. If he doesn't land it, he loses decisions. So He's a tough dude. Never been knocked out, John Dodson, Never been submitted. All 12 of his losses by decision, but he can be beaten by decision. And this fight, he got beaten by Morab. As for Morab, you know, again, number 15, he'll jump to number 12, I think, after this. He deserves a top 10 guy. Even though he hasn't been finishing fights, I think he deserves a top 10 guy. So looking at the rankings, same guys I mentioned earlier for Marlon Vera, you can match up against Morab. So Jimmy Rivera, number seven. Raphael Sonson, number eight, Cody Stamon, number nine, jo- Rob Font, number 10. I think any of those guys make sense for Morab's next opponent. Hopefully he can finish a fight though, because I think the UFC, they they like guys that uh, finish fights. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. Um, you can win decisions and kind of get to the top. It's possible, but you have to win a lot of decisions. Look at John Fitch. What do you have to win, like eight fights in a row before he got his title shot? It's tough. You got to finish fights. So Morab's got to, he's got to get a finish, guys love the guy. He's definitely a dominant fighter with that wrestling and his cardio, but he needs to get a finish. Going to the prelims here, really good fight here between Vince Bichelle and Jim Miller. Great fight Two veterans of the sport, man. This was a close fight, but ultimately Vince Bichelle gets the victory here in a very, very competitive bout between two guys that know how to grapple fun fight to watch Jim Miller, another strong first round, but then kind of faded and Vince Bichelle really took over the last two rounds. I got to give Vince Michelle a lot of credit here. Hasn't fought in over a year. He's a guy that uh, has had a lot of injuries in his career, doesn't fight that frequently. You look good in this fight guys, his wrestling looks strong, he was able to avoid Jim Miller's submission attempts and grind out a decision. So got to give credit to Vince Pichelle. What's next for him? I don't know. I mean, possibly a guy that's bottom end of the top 15 at lightweight, maybe like a Drew Dober someone like that, but most likely he'll be fighting an unranked guy next. And as for Jim Miller, you know, Jim's not a contender anymore. He's not a guy who's going to fight for the belt probably anytime soon. And, he probably will retire without holding the UFC lightweight championship, but he's a guy that I think ultimately will go into the hall of fame one day based on longevity. It's like you look at other sports like baseball. Not everyone's going to win MVP, but there's guys that had great careers overall. They have tons of wins, tons of fights, and ultimately that will get them in the hall of fame. And I think Jim Miller's in the same spot. So, you know, he he might lose his next couple of fights. Who knows? I still feel like he'll be in the hall of fame one day. 36 fights, most fights in UFC history. He he becomes the first guy to hit, hit 40 fights. I mean, that's impressive as hell. Next up, great performance here by Verna Janderota feats Felice Herrig. First round, our first fighter to finish Felice Herrig. I mean, that's impressive. I know Felice hasn't fought in a while, two years. It's been a while since we've seen Felice, but still, the way Verna finished her, impressive. And she won a bonus, and I'm happy for her. I think she deserved it for sure. Great performance. And I, I forgot to mention Pineda also won a bonus. He deserved it. But as far as Janderoba goes, I mean, she is she's impressive, man. 16-1 and now. She's 2-1 in the UFC. She beat Mallory Martin and Felice Herrig. Um, but the only loss in her career is to Carla Esparza, who's shown that she is a very good fighter and she could beat a lot of prospects. So to me, Vern Jandoroma's, is, you know, I think a sleeper in this division at 115, uh, definitely needs a couple more wins against ranked opponents before we start talking like a title shot. But Felice was a ranked finder. I think she was 15. So this should get Verna into that top 15 at 115 and yeah felice was number 15 so you know you look at the rest of this division she could fight someone like uh grasso or torres someone like that in the bottom end but i definitely was impressed by her performance in this fight and as for, for as for felice eric 35 years old three straight losses one fight in the last two years a lot of injuries i think she'll get one more fight i think the ufc will give her that respect they'll give her one more fight she does have a five and four record in the ufc so winning record overall but um, you know, she'll get one more fight, I think. And if she loses that, that might be the end of it for her. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, seeing her get finished like that. Very impressive by Jander Roba. Next up in a catchaway boat, Daniel Chavez defeats TJ Brown, unanimous decision 29, 28 across the board. I did pick Chavez as a dog here, like what I saw from this guy. This was a great performance, man. I think they really opened some eyes in this performance. I mean, took it on a short notice and he just pretty much lit up TJ Brown with his striking, his leg kicks were nasty. He actually dropped T.J. Brown with a uh, straight right, I believe, at one point too. So he sat him down with that punch. He looked incredible in this fight. Third round got a little bit tired. T.J. won it on the judges scorecards. But in my opinion, I think you could still could have given that fight, uh, that round to Daniel Chavez. He easily won this fight. Great performance by him. You know, Again, a low rank guy at featherweight, but uh, I'm excited to see what's next for Daniel Chavez. Uh, and the other fight on the ESPN portion of the prelims was Livia Renassi who's defeating Ashley Yoder. Very surprising unanimous decision, 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27. I picked Susan to win this fight. You know, Yoder is someone that honestly is not, I don't think one of the top 15 fighters in the division. I don't even think she's top 20. She's two and five now in the UFC. Having said that, I did think she won this fight. I thought she grinded it out. So to me, Livia, she got the win here, but I wasn't impressed. And uh, she is two and one now in the UFC. Both her wins were really close decisions though. So. I don't know i haven't liked what i've seen from her to be honest with you um definitely she's someone that could turn it around she's got some pretty good wins in her resume back from the indicted days and stuff so curious to see what happens to her next in her next fight but i wasn't impressed by her performance here and for yoder two and five now terrible record but she'll probably get another fight because i think there was some controversy here as far as the decision goes finally going to the early prelims we had chris dacus defeats parker porter via first round knockout it was a, a good win for this guy, but, I mean, Parker Porter, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, harsh because it's hard to get to the UFC, man. You grind for years. This guy's been on the regional team 15 years. This guy's not a UFC caliber fighter. His conditioning clearly wasn't in, in uh, check either. He looked pretty tired, not even going the full for uh, full one round. And he got knocked out at the end of the first round by Chris Dawkins, who definitely showed some potential here. i am got to be honest. I'm a little surprised that he got the first win in the UFC over his brother, Kyle. Who's a much better fighter but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes and he looked good in this fight but again the opponent he fought was not great so curious to see what they do with chris Dawkins next but you gotta assume he's just kind of like a low-level guy parker porter might get another fight just because it's heavyweight there's not many heavyweights but uh i don't know guys this guy didn't seem like ufc cover fire to me and finally The fight of the night, very surprising fight of the night. I mean, when does the first fight of the night ever win the fight of the night, especially on a pay-per-view like this with all these stacked names, but Kai Kamaka defeats Tony Kelly, unanimous decision 29-20 across the board. It was a fantastic fight. It was a great fight between two guys that are making their debut in the UFC and then taking on short notice. They took it on one week's notice. And, you know, looking at these guys records, I was kind of impressed by Kamaka for what I saw, but Tony Kelly was the guy where you're looking at it and you're like wondering, why is this guy in the UFC? I think he proved in this fight. He does belong in the UFC. He looked really good in this fight. This was Tony Kelly's fight to lose him. Unfortunately, he did end up losing it. There were some things that happened in this fight. First round, Kamaka won that round, but the second round, Kelly was nasty with his knees from the clinch and clearly won that round. Third round, I thought Kelly was winning the round. And then there was a controversial low blow that some people didn't think was. It gave Kamaka a lot of time to recover. He ended up rallying and winning a decision late in the fight, but it was a super close fight. I saw some people score for Kelly. I think it was close. I did score this one for Kamaka, but overall a fantastic fight. And honestly, I'd rather see guys like this get the 50,000 than guys like Steve and DC who don't really need the money that bad. Uh, I'm not saying they don't need the money. Everyone needs money, but Steve and DC are making millions. They don't need it as bad as a guy like Tony Kelly who he's probably getting paid a thousand bucks to find the regional team. Same with Kamaka. So these guys are, I'm sure they're very grateful. They got the bonus. It seems like Dana white is asking the fans now for who should be the bonus winners, which is kind of cool. And that's who the fans liked in this fight. So overall, I think it was a good card, not the best card of the year by any means, but a solid card. And I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I got a comment here from Massio. Massio, What's going on, man. If you have, if you have seen events still have titles, this one would be called Twilight Zone. I was actually thinking about this the other day, like, I kind of miss when they used to do the titles. um I can't remember when they stopped doing it. It was like UFC 112 or something. Was that it? Let me check here. 112 Invincible. I think that's the last one. Yeah, that was the last one. So I was right. That was the last time they did it. It was Maya Versilva. I think Dana White just didn't want to jinx anymore and didn't want to do the names. But uh yeah, I'm with you, man. So it's been 10 years since they uh, haven't been doing that. But I used to like when they named the event something like uh Knockout or I don't know. What, what were the other ones? Redemption. There was a bunch of names. I don't know. Relentless just okay. I mean some of them are kind of lame, but I thought it was kind of cool either way Yeah, I know what you're saying man. All right, let me get to some news and fight announcements here uh, If anyone has any comments or questions about UFC 252 definitely throw them in the comments and I'll Be sure to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but let me get to some news quickly. So UFC 253 officially moved to September 26th Uh the reason for this this was moved is because, well, Dana hasn't announced it yet, but it seems obvious at this point, this fight's going to be on Fire Island between Adesanya and Costa, which is fine with me, two international guys, it makes more sense. September 19th, now, Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley, five-round fight. I like that. I would rather see that fight for five rounds than three. I think we need five rounds for that fight, so that's good to hear. Also, Holly Holm versus Irina Aldana was rebooked for an early October card as a headliner, and to beat and Sharapov versus Yair Rodriguez booked for uh, card as well in October at UFC 254 that's Khabib and Gaethje only three rounds though, which sucks I want to see this guy fight for five rounds. What the heck man? We can't see Zabi ever fight for five rounds seriously in this case I understand like it's gonna be a kind of short notice I guess cuz yeah right now Yair's hurt It wasn't Zabit's fault Yair got hurt, but still Zabi might end up fighting for the belt He's never even fought five rounds. It's kind of weird like I want to see the guy fight for five rounds I'm very disappointed they weren't able to find an opponent for Zabit on the card on August 29th. Right now, the main event is Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic, three-round main event. It's an okay fight. I mean, I don't think that's a main event caliber fight. I would have rather seen Magny Lawler, to be honest with you. Um, Too bad Jeff Neal fell off the card. That would have been a perfect opportunity for Jeff Neal to get a headliner. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's really disappointing. They couldn't find someone for Zabit to fight. I'm assuming he just didn't want to accept any of the names that were offered. I would have loved to see Zabit versus Cater too. I know it doesn't make sense because he just beat him, but it would have been a good fight for five rounds. Cause I really think Zabit needs that five round test before he fights with the belt. So disappointed with that. There's a bunch of other fight announcements. I'll get to them in one minute here. I just want to answer Marcus Williams' question. Hey Marcus, how are you, man? Whose stock do you think dropped the most from UFC 252? I mean, obviously O'Malley's for sure. He did get hurt, Marcus. I don't know if you heard me talking about that um, fight, but he obviously got hurt as you saw. Having said that, he got finished in the first round. So I think that a lot of people will look at him and be like, he's not as good as we all thought. I do think this kid's good. I think he'll be back, but he's going to be up for a little while. So definitely, I think his stock dropped. Herbert Burns, another guy. He looked terrible in his fight. He missed weight. He just looked awful. He was a terrible performance by Herbert Burns. I'm not saying people were talking about him as like a title contender, but people were kind of hyping him up after his last performance against Edmund Dun- Dunham, where he beat him like a minute. So... This guy is good, but I don't think he's even close to, you know, even a top 15 spot on 45. Um, you know, looking at the the rest of the card, uh, I mean, JDS is another guy I think you could mention. Uh, another knockout loss. Marcus, it's not good. John Dalton didn't look good either. So I, and, you know, I'm just naming the losers, but I think those guys in the main card, they were in a prominent position on the card. They didn't look too good. I think they could definitely all be in the running for this. Uh, I think it's a great question, though. I would have to go with O'Malley, though, if I had to answer that question. I'm actually curious if anyone wants to jump in and... Give their thoughts on that. I'd love to hear it. Um, I got a couple other guys asking about some upcoming fights, which is actually what I was going to talk about next. So let's start with this one because Marcus, you actually asked, and it's first on my list. So let's talk about it. I am disappointed Charles very not getting a higher-ranked opponent next. I'm completely with you, Marcus. I was very surprised they booked him against Manuel darius I'm not saying it's not a good fight. It's a great fight. It's an awesome fight. Should be a lot of fun. The winner, I hope, will get a top five guy, but I'm surprised Charles didn't get it already. You know, you look at his resume it's first off most submission wins in ufc history we all know that he's got to be up there as far as the greatest bjj fighter ever um, and right now he's on a seven fight win streak he's been knocking guys out too seven fight win streak all by stoppage best win in that streak kevin lee who kevin lee right now is he ranked? um kevin lee's ranked number 10 so that's his best win so it's a good win he's ranked number six right now somehow he's had of paul felder who beat him I actually would have liked to see that rematch, Marcus. I would have liked to see the rematch between Oliveira and Felder, who's, again, ranked right below him, although I think he should be above him because he's knocked him out head-to-head. That's the fight I would have did. I think Dan Hooker would have been a good fight, too. I'm a little surprised that even Darius, Darius right now, is ranked number 14. He's a great fighter, though, and he's on a nice win streak, five-fight win streak. I think UFC just thinks, you know what, this is going to be a great fight, and he's booked it. The winner will probably get an elite opponent. But to me, both these guys probably should have got. A top five guy in their next uh, fight. Well, especially Oliver. I think uh, Benil, probably a top 10 guy, but either way, you know, there's guys like Iaquinta that are hanging around the top 10 that don't fight that often. In my opinion, a guy like Darius could easily be above him in the rankings. So rankings are a little messed up right now. Um, I think at this point, Charles probably just wanted to get a fight in. Um, He hasn't fought uh, since March, and this is probably the only opponent they offered him that said yes. So it's a great fight, Marcus. I'm excited for it, but I do agree with you, man, that uh, I think they should have given me a guy that was the ranked a little bit higher. It is what it is though. This is a great question too, Eduardo Flores thoughts on Islam versus RDA. Hope you're well, Eduardo. Great question. This was actually my next fight on my list. Chris Taylor at bjpen.com broke the news. So gotta give Chris big ups on that one. <laughs> I think he made a mistake at first. I think he said it was Islam versus Oliver and people were like, what? Or something like that. Anyways, he, 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 he corrected himself, but yeah, it's going to be Islam versus RDA good fight I mean no one wants to fight Islam he's one of these guys that's just he's really dangerous but his ranking is not that high again he's ranked number ten eleven right now but we all know how good he is so he's one of these guys that no one wants to fight RDA is a guy that will fight anyone literally interesting he's moving back down to lightweight I think at welterweight right now he's number nine in the world he kind of saw the running on the wall there he's not big enough to compete with these guys at welterweight as we saw against guys like you know Usman and Covington these are just terrible matchups for a guy like RDA he can't beat some guys there. He did beat guys like Robbie Lawler and Neil Magny, but I think overall lightweight's probably a better spot for RDA. It is Laner's career, so it'd be interesting to see how much weight he can cut successfully. I mean, he could be one of these guys that if they ever opened up 165, be the perfect guy for it. But you know, it's an interesting fight. I mean, it's kind of a tough matchup thing for RDA. He is a well-rounded fighter. We all know that. He's got good wrestling, good striking, good cardio, good chin. But uh, Island Makach, man, that wrestling, that cardio, that pace. I think it'll be a little bit too much for rda and he's a little bit younger too right so you gotta favor islam in this fight i uh, don't think the odds are up yet but yeah i'd favor islam in that matchup a couple comments here masio masio more wrestling for rda yeah i don't know man i think islam will about well wrestling you know and i think it will be faster too i just kind of see it being a bad match for rda but again who knows may, man we see upsets every week so who knows and RDA is a veteran and a former champ you gotta give him a lot of credit he also mentioned darius is more power yeah, probably. He's more wild too, but Alvaro has power, man. He's shown it. He started the fight against Jared Gordon and Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz is a tough guy to finish. Knocked him out. Jared Gordon, he's been knocked out a few times, but the way he knocked him out was impressive. So it's an interesting fight. I mean, it's a fight between two grapplers that probably stay standing. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I honestly have no idea who will win. I, I think there will be favored, if I have to guess, just based on the win streak, but Darius is definitely solid. And then Roy also mentioned he can't wait for Maria Agripova's next fight to kill her. I'm excited for her next fight too, but why did they give her Shane Dobson? I know she called her out. That fight makes no sense. Come on guys. Maria Agapova is someone that could probably be in the top 15 by the end of this year. I think she's really good. And Shane Dobson's a fighter that's on the periphery of the roster. So don't understand the matchmaking there. Um, other fight announcements. I already mentioned Covington and Woodley. I'm excited for that one. Odds are out Covington, big favorite there, no surprise. Uh, Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega, October. Should be a good fight. I'm glad they finally booked it. It seems like they've been talking about this fight forever. Brian Ortega hasn't fought in, I think almost two years. Last time I saw him fight actually uh, was his last fight against Max Holloway in Toronto, 2018, December, 2018. Hasn't fought since then. So I don't know what to think uh, about this matchup because he hasn't fought in forever. He's definitely a, a talented guy. We all know that Brian Ortega is great, man. But Korean zombie has been a little bit more active, super dangerous. I kind of favored the zombie a little bit in this fight, but, uh, Definitely should be a close fight. You know, just looking at the odds for this one, I believe they have them out here. Um, let's see here. Ortega. No, nope, there's no odds out, actually. I thought they were. No, there's no odds for that, but hopefully they, they pop up soon. Actually, I should mention, there are odds out, actually, for Stipe and Francis. I saw this this morning. Francis opened at minus 225, Stipe plus 190 for the rematch. Wow, crazy, man. I love Francis. He's great. How is he this big of a favorite for Stepe? I don't get it at all. I know there's hype he'll probably end up being the favorite to close, but they opened the line too high. Stepe 190, come on. For a guy who already beat him, for a guy who's proven he's the best heavyweight ever, I mean, the guy's amazing, man. So I think right now, you look at those odds, plus 175 and Stepe in the rematch, I gotta take Stipe. Don't know what you guys are thinking, but I mean, come on, that that seems like a no-brainer. I love Francis, but there's a blueprint to beat him, and Stipe's already shown that, you can beat him. So I, I'm confused by those odds, you know, really surprised by them. Um, other fight announcements here, Edson Barbosa, who's supposed to fight Jeremy Stevens, that fight's been scratched, he's going to fight Sadiq Yusuf now, really fun fight, dangerous fight for Barbosa, I would have favored him against Steven. this is a tough fight though man, I mean, Yusuf is super dangerous, really solid fighter, is definitely good, 145, the cut still kind of worries me for this guy, um, I think Yusuf will be favored, and if he's not, I think he'll be worth a shot as a dog, so I do kind of lean towards Yusuf here, you know, definitely got to think about the fight more before I get my official pick by any means, but uh you know, I would assume the line would be close, but I kind of lean towards Yusuf a little bit, guys. Another fight here, a women's fight at 125 between Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy. Great fight. Winner probably gets a title shot. Cynthia looked amazing as Jess Guy, and as we all know, uh, she could very well be fighting for the belt. Next, they gave Jennifer Maya the title shot. You guys know I don't agree with that necessarily. I thought I should have been Maya versus Murphy. Instead, Murphy gets um, Calvillo, and the winner probably gets a number one contender spot. I mean, Lauren Murphy's definitely shown some good... Uh, skills in her last few fights, but I think it's a bad matchup for her, man. I think Cynthia Calvillo, a lot younger, just to me, a lot more dangerous and a lot more well-rounded. I would pick Cynthia Calvillo in this fight. I don't think that will change. Uh, another women's fight here, interesting, 125, Arian Lipsky against Antonia Shevchenko. But based on <laughs> the last performance by Lipsky, I expect her to be a pretty big favorite here. Shevchenko's been disappointing in the UFC. Lipsky's been a little bit disappointing, but that last win by who that was nasty. So I think she'll be favored in this fight. Don Cerrone against Nico Price—that's a good fight too. I like this one. Don Cerrone, man—you know—you look at his record, pulling it up here. Donald um, is on a tough skid right now, man. Four straight losses, so he needs to win this fight. I and mean, he's lost four straight. The last fight against Pettis was close. Some people thought he won. Close fight. You got to give him some credit, though. I mean, he's lost to Pettis, McGregor, Gaethje, and Ferguson. Like, there's those are elite guys. You look at his last eight losses: Pettis, McGregor, Gaethje, Ferguson, Edwards. Till, Lawler, Masvidal, and if you go back to his past 10 fights, 10 losses, you, you can add in uh, Rafael de Sanios in there as well. So he's only losing to elite guys. Nico Price is a guy I enjoy watching a lot. He's a skilled guy. He's got a lot of power. Overall in the UFC, his record is 5-4 and 1-0 no contests, 6-4 1-0 no contests, and he's got a lot of knockouts, but he's been knocked out a bunch himself and kind of worried in here. And also, he's been submitted to Cerrone's definitely capable of finishing him in this fight. So I don't think this fight's going the distance. I think someone gets finished. I think you kind of got to fade, fade Cerrone a little bit here. So I think people will probably favor Price a little bit, the betters. But uh, it's a close fight, and Cerrone definitely can win this fight. Another fight's interesting, Mo Green against Greg Hardy. They didn't do the Tanner Booster fight. They're doing this instead. Greg Hardy, huh, I mean, it's hard to say greg hardy like how good he really is right like because he's looked pretty amazing at some times like the uh the fight with for instance one adams and stuff but you know he goes and fights a guy like volkov gets dominated the the caster fight not very impressive did win the fight but overall i mean he's he's kind of up and down but he's still got very green in the sport i think he can get better 32 years old too and we all know he's an amazing athlete more green um he's skilled man he's definitely dangerous overall in the ufc five and two i mean that's a nice record it's quietly a nice record of five and two. But some of these fights, man, like the fight with John Vellante, while well, on his way to probably losing that fight or at least a draw in that third round game knocked down and hurt, ended up rallying, getting the submission from the back. But I think it more said said more about John Vellante's performance than well Greens and some of his other wins against guys that aren't in the UFC anymore. Junior Albini, Michelle Batista, Jeff Hughes, excuse me. It's actually a four and two record. Still, I mean it's a winning record, but the guys he's beating are good. So how good is he really? I don't know. I'm not sure. He's 34 years old too. He's not young. Um, close fight. I, I think it should be. Um, I think Gray Hardy should be favored here just based on hype and stuff like that, but I don't know. And the last fight I had on my list here, Ian Heinish against Brandon Allen. These guys have called each other out forever. Um, it's a close fight, but uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, I personally like Brandon Allen a little bit more, but Ian Hinesh is a solid man. He's looked good in the UFC. So lots of good fights coming up guys i'm excited about all of them i got a question here it's kind of funny i'm, I'm not laughing at you man because actually it's a really good question I'm just laughing because he says i frank cannon i didn't know it was possible to come in a low blow blowing women's ma have you seen that before james <laughs> james lynch is my friend i'm not james lynch though. So i'm adam martin but i appreciate the comment because james is great but uh, as far as the low blow i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah uh no i mean i think i haven't invicta before but it's pretty rare i was watching with my girlfriend she was kind of surprised there was a low blow as well um was it the i can't remember if it was felice fried right wasn't it can't remember anymore um oh sorry it was yoder yoder and Susa, yes okay so i remember it yeah i don't know i don't have to say i mean i guess they can get hurt down there too but uh it's pretty pretty rare do they wear a cop a jill i think it's called i'm not sure good question i have seen also seen uh i think someone got kicked in, in the boobs once and victor i saw that must have hurt too i mean it's it, it's possible to reach up there i guess it's a funny question man but yeah i'm just laughing cuz i'm not james i'm adam but i'm going to tell james about that i'm sure he's going to laugh no that's okay frank i see your comment there too it's it's just funny to me um As far as some other news goes, let me just see what else is out there. Um, Because there's obviously a lot that happened this week. I didn't talk about Contender Series. I guess I could do that really quick. I didn't get a chance to talk about that earlier this week. Let me see here. Contender Series 28. Let's see here. All right. Season 4, Week 2. Yeah, there was uh, five contracts awarded on this card. And I was surprised by that, personally. Uh, I thought that Stoltzfus could get a contract his opponent got hurt but i think i would have given it to him yanez for sure laramie for sure i would have given him for to impa i think but corey mckenna i was surprised she got a uh, deal because i didn't think she looked good in her fight it, that fight kind of sucked so surprised she got it i think it's because favors her coach and he, and obviously dana White loves your eye favor but yeah i don't see that happening um i don't think she's gonna be that good i mean she's only 20 years old so she can get better but right now why is she in the ufc I know they need fighters guys, but seriously, like, is he just going to give a contract to everyone that wins on the show? It sucks for guys that were on like last year and the year before, like Chris Curtis had a stoppage win and the UFC was like, nah, we don't want you because you're too old. Why was he even on the show in the first place then? You know, a guy like that for instance, or even Impa wins his fight last year. They don't bring him on this year. He wins another fight. They bring him on. It's Kind of weird. Like I don't understand the whole way they're thinking about it. Only one guy has not got a uh, deal from this year that won. that was, uh, Jerome Rivera, who everyone thought lost his fight, so everyone that legitimately won got a contract. He's just giving them like candy. Next week, there's uh, five more fights. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's some some divisions that need uh, fighters, like heavyweight Josh Parisian. I mean, that's a guy that'll probably get a contract. So you have another guy there, and uh, a couple other fighters there, like Victor Reyna, who fought in the UFC too. I think it's or a contender series last year. So we'll see what happens. But I I, I would like them to be a little bit more selective. It's again. It's great to see guys get to the UFC and girls get to the UFC. You can't just give a contract to anyone. I think the definition of what a UFC caliber fighter is has changed a lot over like the past yet ten years, twenty years, especially like the last couple years though, and especially since the pandemic started. But there's got to be kind of a floor. You can't just give a contract to anyone. Corey McKenna, you know, I think she's five and one now, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. But I think I think that's her record. But seriously, like, what from this fight showed that she should be in the UFC right now? I didn't see it. I feel like it's one of these situations where the UFC is like, you know what, we want to get her before anyone else does. I know she has some good uh, experience as an amateur, though. I guess they like that as well. But to me, it wasn't that impressive. So they want to single her out because, you know, she's the only female on the card. It's not like that at all. just that I thought she didn't have a impressive enough performance. Because, again, you look back at last year, some of these guys, like William Knight had a knockout win. He's not in the UFC. He got a developmental deal. I think McKenna should have got a developmental deal. They're not doing that, it seems like. They're just giving deals out. Frank says, sorry, I don't apologize, man. I'm actually laughing. I think it's great. I going to tell James about it, he's gonna laugh too. So no worries there. We got confused many times before, don't, don't worry about that. Um, again, more news, just seeing what's out there. Um, obviously it's been a long week. Hope you guys have had a good week. I had a really good week. It was awesome, man. It's just nice to get away for a bit. You know, I, I'm a grinder, right? So I'm always working. It's always podcasts or writing or reading or whatever. And I love it, love what I do, but it's nice to get away for a few days sometimes just to recharge the batteries. And I feel great, I feel ready to go again. And I'm really glad I was able to do this podcast tonight. Um, you know, just looking again, some news. Dana White seems to have interest in Michael Chandler. Um, I'd love to see him fight in the UFC. Look great against Benson Henderson, two straight knockout wins, Sydney Outlaw as well. Another guy that could have been in the UFC, another contender series guy, didn't get signed um and raffian stops is another guy too it's just weird like, I, but anyways i know there's a pandemic they want fighters in the roster but still there's so many guys they passed on the last few years it's like wow and now they're giving just deals out like candy anyways michael chandler he'd be great and you know if he fi- signs with the ufc dustin poirier dan hook or someone like that it would suck if he got a top five guy and charles Oliveira didn't after seven straight wins in the ufc but still i think michael chandler would be fun to watch uh looking at some of the other um news from the last few days let's see here what else we got uh khabib was talking a little bit more he's talking about the gsp fight he really wants that fight man I, I want to see it at some point don't know if we will but he'd like to see it saw ray borg talked about his release in the ufc like ray borg a lot but you know he didn't uh he didn't make weight man he didn't show up Valerie rate signs with the ufc or with uh, bellator resigns with them they definitely like her a lot. Uh I think she could be a star I'd like to see her fight a better opponent. I see uh Wyman and Vittori are still talking about that. What else? Dana White said the ultimate fighter is still in the works. So we'll see what happens there. Um that's about it. So I think that's it. Uh Masio Masio, comment here. Raging Al versus Chandler. Sure. I had watched that fight man. Raging Al is a guy who is definitely a talented guy and we all know how good he can be like the fight with Kevin Lee looked incredible but he's a guy that what he has what no fights this year hasn't fought since October and somehow is still in the top 10 He has one win the last three years in his own top 10. I don't know, but I I wouldn't mind that fight just to get him out of the top 10 so Chandler can get in there. Cause I think Chandler has got to make a run now. He's a little bit older. He's going to make a run now. Anyone wants to throw any last second questions in or comments, throw them in there and I'll be sure to answer them. But I just want to plug my stuff here, I guess, before I get out of here. So first off, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Emma Martin. And the podcast is available a lot of places. EmmaOddsBreaker.com. That's the home of the podcast. Definitely check us out. Please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. I'm sure all the people in the podcast right now are in the live streamer already. But if you haven't, please do that. It would, it would be great. If not, subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe to Google uh, Podcasts. Subscribe to Anchor, Spotify. I'm available at a lot of places, so definitely check it out. And as you guys know, you can always message me on Twitter. I'm always down to talk about MMA. Um, also available at bjpen.com I'm always doing the news there, and then ma Rings On Net. Uh, we aren't doing as much there these days, but it's the longest job I've ever had. I've been there for like eight years now. It's crazy. I will actually be writing an article tonight about what I think should be next for Steepy. So definitely check that out. Looks like everyone's done asking questions. So guys, I really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's a little bit of a uh, random time but uh, again i was on vacation so it was nice to get back and and do this with you guys but gotta plug tuesday's podcast with cole i'll be breaking down the upcoming ufc fight night card with frankie edgar and pedro munoz that'll be tuesday at 10 a.m right here at ma youtube channel as well and we'll break down uh contender series and i think there's a bell tour card too so we'll break down that as well so it'll be a lot to talk about but i'm excited and uh Again, guys, hope you guys are having a great week. I'm feeling good, and I'll be back on Tuesday to talk about the next UFC card with you. Have a great weekend.